1633. Pax Christi. Praised be God. Although for us, there is little peace in this land now. I never knew Japan when it was a country of light, but I have never known it to be as dark as it is now. All our progress has ended in new persecution, new repression, new suffering. Hello and welcome to History and Film. I'm Rich Simmons. Let's start today by talking about Portugal. Humans and human ancestors have been in the area for hundreds of thousands of years. Celts from Central Europe migrated and intermixed with the population, and later Rome's reach, followed by Christianity, extended into Portugal. Muslims then controlled much of the region for 400 years until the natives of Portugal rebelled, and Afonso I became the first king of Portugal in 1139, right during the same time in England when Empress Matilda was trying to get the throne from her cousin Stephen. And it was the Portuguese who could be credited with launching the Age of Discovery. They had built up their navy for trade purposes and to defend against Muslim pirates. In the first half of the 15th century, Prince Henry of Portugal, later called Prince Henry the Navigator, became a big supporter and financial backer of Portuguese exploration, and settlements were established on the islands in the Atlantic. Ship technology improved, and Portugal continued to be a major player. In 1494, the Treaty of Tordesillas was signed between Portugal and Spain, technically Castile at the time, which we can take to understand as most of modern Spain. The treaty helped them agree on who had rights to new lands and territories around the world. By the early 16th century, Portugal had made its way to East Asia. After some initial conflict with the Chinese, they set up a successful trading center in Macau. In fact, Macau remained under Portuguese control until 1999. Where economic interests went, religious interests followed. A character mentioned a couple times in today's film is St. Francis Xavier. He was born in 1506 in Navarre, the same kingdom Henry IV of France was from. He was one of the co-founders of the Jesuit Order of Religious Scholars. In the 1540s, Xavier became the first Christian missionary in Japan. Initially, the Jesuits were mostly successful in Japan. By the early 1580s, around 200,000 Japanese had converted to Christianity, making it the largest Christian community not under direct European control. Many of them had been Buddhist or Shinto and weren't always easy converts. Some Japanese daimyos seemingly converted only to gain favorable trade deals with the Portuguese. Regardless, hundreds of churches were built throughout Japan and citizens from all classes of society were among the converted. Nagasaki was even called the Rome of Japan, with most of its citizens being Christian. A big shift began when Japan was unified by Toyotomi Hideyoshi, He was apprehensive about European influence in East Asia already, and negative stories about forced conversions and destroyed Buddhist temples turned him against Christianity. In 1587, he banned missionaries and took direct control of Nagasaki. Tensions were high. The Jesuits initially planned an armed resistance, but decided against it. Ten years later, 26 Christians were crucified in Nagasaki. Persecution continued off and on over the next few decades. Catholicism was officially banned in 1614, and Christians had to hide their faith from then on. By the 1630s, the government was known to force people to prove that they weren't Christian. And this brings us to Silence, the 2016 Martin Scorsese film. 
The movie opens in 1633, and we meet Father Ferreira, played by Liam Neeson. He is being forced to witness the torture of Japanese Christians outside of Nagasaki. We hear his voiceover describing how many of them welcomed torture as a test of their faith. He says, we will not abandon our hidden Christians. We cut to St. Paul's College in Macau, where one father, Villiano, is reading a letter from Ferreira to two of his young pupils. This school was built in 1594 by the Jesuits and was supposedly the first Western school in East Asia. It's no longer in operation, but the existing ruins are part of a UNESCO World Heritage Site in Macau. And the presence here of Father Villaniano is a bit of a cheat. He died in 1606, but was an important figure in spreading Catholicism to the East, and he was the founder of St. Paul's College. His two pupils listening to the letter here are played by Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver. Driver's character appears to be fictional, but Garfield's character is based on the actual missionary who went to Japan in search of Father Ferreira. Galliano tells the young men that despite what Ferreira wrote in his letter, which is now quite a bit old by the time they got it, he has it on good authority that Ferreira abandoned the Christian faith. Garfield and Driver's characters refuse to believe it and insist they must go track down Ferreira, who was their former mentor. They know it will be extremely dangerous given the atmosphere in Japan at the time, but they consider it their God-given duty to try. Now, here there seems to be a mistake in either the movie or the Wikipedia page or both. The next date we get is May 25th, 1640, and Garfield is writing to tell Valiano of their progress. He says they're in Macau, hoping to have a Japanese fisherman smuggle them into Japan. But weren't they already in Macau? I don't remember the movie exactly saying. I just grabbed that info from Wikipedia, but everything I told you about Father Valignano and St. Paul's College being in Macau is true, so something something seems off. Anyway, they are told they will be the last priest to enter Japan. It just can't be done anymore. The fisherman who helps them get to Japan is named Kichijiro, which I mention only because he remains an important figure throughout the story. He's one of the hidden Christians who always wants Garfield to hear his confession, yet doesn't hesitate to disavow the faith if it means saving his skin with the Japanese officials. He does take them to a village of hidden Christians. The village is out in the open, but they have to conceal all signs of their faith, which basically means they have community-led services inside at night. They are overjoyed at having actual priests available to provide all the much-needed rites as they see it. The main antagonist in the film is the Inquisitor. His task force travels the country to seek out Christians to torture and or execute. The plot from here on out is fairly repetitive. Christians are found out and forced to publicly spit or step on Christian relics. Most are reluctant to do so, which tells the Inquisitor they must indeed be Christian, and they are dealt with accordingly. As I said, Kichijiro quickly steps on a picture of Jesus more than once and always goes off free. The Inquisitor, who captures Garfield after Kichijiro rats him out to collect reward money, makes it his personal mission to get Garfield to abandon Christianity. They have philosophical discussions, and he forces Garfield to watch him torture Christians, saying if he will just apostatize, he will let them go free. And that's definitely the word of the movie, apostasy or apostasize or apostate. It just means to formally renounce one's faith. This movie is very dark, dreary, and depressing. In a particularly gut-wrenching scene, and there are a lot of them, 
The Inquisitor forces Garfield to watch as Driver swims out to save Christians who are being bound with straw and thrown into the sea, and Driver himself drowns trying to save them. All the while, Garfield still hopes to find Father Ferreira. He refuses to believe the Inquisitor's claim that Ferreira has apostatized and taken a Japanese wife and name, even though that's the same information Father Valiano had. Garfield's faith does start to be tested when he's put with other captive Christians who are more calm than he is. They remind him that heaven must surely be better than the world they are living in, right? So death will be a welcome relief. We get a lot of voiceover from Garfield that's supposed to be the letters he's writing back to Valiano. He does say he feels God has forsaken him now. He is finally brought to where Father Ferreira is, and everything he had heard is true. Ferreira is no longer a Christian. He was given the name and wife of a Japanese man who had died. Ferreira explains that Christianity never had a chance in Japan, that it just doesn't fit with their worldview. He says even those who converted aren't true believers and don't view Christianity the way Europeans do. It's only their own invented, bastardized version of it. Garfield is disgusted with what he views as Ferreira's weakness and moral failure. Ferreira says it's only Garfield's pride preventing him from reconsidering. He knows because he was in the exact situation. Finally, when yet another batch of Christians is about to be executed, Garfield hears Jesus himself telling him to apostatize to save their lives. And this is kind of the climax of the movie. We then jump ahead and get a new voiceover from a Dutch traveler who is fascinated with the apostate priests in Japan. He sees Ferreira and Garfield working together to identify items as either Christian or non-Christian so that those carrying the contraband Christian items will be punished. Like Ferreira, Garfield has been given a Japanese name and wife, basically replacing the life of a dead Japanese man. Years pass. An old Kichijiro finds him and again wants to confess, but... Garfield refuses and says he's no longer a priest. Even more years pass and Garfield dies an old man and only we the audience see that clutched in his hand as his body is burned is a tiny idol of Christ on the cross. And yes, all this is basically the life of one Giuseppe di Chiara. Quick note on languages in the movie. English spoken in the film basically represents Portuguese and I suppose Dutch at the end, but Japanese is always just spoken as Japanese and subtitled. I should say that I don't particularly enjoy this movie. I can live with depressing, but it's not that entertaining either. When I first saw the film in the theater, I about fell asleep multiple times. But it is very well made. It is a Martin Scorsese movie. And unfortunately, it's a very accurate story and fits perfectly into this project. It does have an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes and was nominated for an Oscar for Best Cinematography. An excellent companion piece to read before seeing Silence would be James Clavell's epic novel Shogun. It's set in 1600 and deals with the groups of Europeans and their varying degrees of influence in Japan. The Portuguese in it are cast as the antagonist to the English main character who worked for the Dutch. Elsewhere in the world around this time... England outlawed torture in 1640, the same year Garfield's character initially traveled to Japan. 1633, the year Father Ferreira sent his letter at the very beginning of the film, was the same year Galileo faced his heresy trial for claiming the earth revolved around the sun. He died under house arrest about nine years later, shortly after we saw Garfield's character finally apostatize in silence. Garfield's character died in 1685. 
just three years after Peter the Great became Tsar of Russia, and two years before Isaac Newton published his groundbreaking scientific work, the Principia, in which, among other things, he laid out his laws of motion. Five years after that were the Salem Witch Trials in Massachusetts, and with that we're going to close out the 17th century and enter the 18th as we head to the Eurasian Steppe and the Kazakh people with the 2012 film Minbala. Minbala. 